There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Maruyama. Aloha, guys, and welcome back to Degree Free. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. On this podcast, we share the fundamentals we've discovered, the mistakes we've made, while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Welcome back, everybody. We are happy to have you on the podcast, as always. And again, this week, we have an email that we send out that you absolutely want to get. You can get it for free if you go to our website, which is degreefreenetwork.com, and you sign up. It's our newsletter. There's a bunch of cool stuff in there that you definitely don't want to miss out on. So run on over and sign up. Yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And so you can uh, not miss a thing. Yeah, spread the word. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Let's get into today's episode. Today, we are going to be talking about how to start a services business. Ah, our favorite. Yeah. This is one of the things we feel like we need to talk about because we are always telling people that want to start a business that they should start a services business. Well, I think too, uh, the thing that we hear a lot is people say, oh, it's risky to tell people to start businesses. It is not risky to tell people to start services businesses in a very low cost way. For the most part, that's true, I would say. There are different scenarios in where that's not true. It's not easier. It's not cheaper. But generally speaking, if you're at this stage and you're just trying to look for something to make you immediately cash flow positive to immediately start putting you in the black right off the bat. Services businesses are usually one of the easiest to do. And it's not going to happen overnight, but usually it is the quickest. Mm-hmm. And it's because you don't need much for we most services. You don't need a product. You just need to find somebody that needs something done. Yes. And they take money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, our first successful business was a services business. Yep. You know, we've, we tried a few different things throughout the years. I think we started our entrepreneurial journey about six years ago now, maybe five years ago, Mm -hmm. five or six years ago now. Whoa, it was. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't until we, we tried to do a few products I guess it was our first. It was our first um, original business that was successful because yeah, the books were successful. That's true. I did. Sell we the did dropship. Ryan dropshipped Amazon books for a while, and that uh, books to Amazon for a while, and that that was that was pretty successful. That was successful. Yeah. Very but, a lot of work. Yes. A lot, a lot of work. Very labor intensive. But it was successful. Yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But our first business that really, really took off was a services business. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of the reason why we're a little biased to it as well, because we did try a couple of other things, but we didn't know what we didn't know back then, which is we didn't know how to test a market. We didn't know how to test a product. We didn't know how to run online ads. We didn't know how to market things. Yeah. We didn't know anything. No. And so something like this would have been super helpful. Yes. At least I think. 
It anytime that it, we were given any shred of information around this topic, we we immediately took it to heart because it was it was so valuable to us. Yeah, and so hopefully this episode is useful for all of you guys listening as well. Mm-hmm. And let's jump into it. I think the very first thing is choosing the service. Yep. And a lot of people get hung up on this one too because they think it has to be some really unique thing, but actually it's probably probably you just need to think about what people already ask you to do. Yeah. There are a lot of questions that you can ask yourself or ask other people in order to kind of get an idea of what service to start or at least think of. And one of the questions that is the easiest I feel is to ask that question. And all of these questions that we're going to give you, I would write them down. Write them in your journal, pen and paper, in a Word doc, in a Google doc, whatever, whatever you got to do. But write down the questions and the answers to these questions. And it's really going to help you kind of get that clear train of thought of what it is you should do and why you should do it. Mm -hmm. Because if you can explain to someone why they should pay you to do something, then you should be able to sell your service because that's basically that's basically what that is. Yeah. And so what, like Hannah was saying, like you were saying, what do people already ask you to do that you can start possibly taking money for? I have ideas that I've given to people before, including things like um, helping with interior design and and organizing spaces, um, uh, cleaning someone's house, meal prepping food for somebody, being a night nurse for somebody when they have a new baby. That's a big, that's a huge one actually, really profitable. Um, and you just have to be good with kids, right? Um, that's being a nanny, dropping dropping kids off at school even, just having a good driving record and being a safe driver and a big enough car is a good way to make some money. Um, but there, those things too, they require an element of trust. And so if you're a trustworthy person who people already ask to do those type of things, then you're, you know, you're off to a great start. Yeah. It could also be something. So for me personally, one of the things that I love to do on my free time is I like to learn about personal finance. I like to research whatever, anything around personal finance, money. Um, It really interests me. It always has budgeting, things like that. And a good example for me is my friends always ask me for help with those types of of things. And I've, so I've had multiple coaching sessions with my friends where they've paid me in order to, you know, do a budget for them mm-hmm. and in order to try to figure out their life, whatever it is, whatever consulting, whatever questions that they have. I've never scaled that into a business um, because of so many different reasons, but that is just a good example of something that my friends, my personal circle has already asked me to do it previously and then i was like oh you know well here i'll charge you x amount of dollars an hour or i'll charge you x amount of dollars for this task to be completed and then oh yeah okay sure so i know it's a viable i know that that is a viable business option for me Mm -hmm. um another example you don't have to be reinventing the wheel here it could be something like oil changes or you know being a mechanic something like that um construction, Mm -hmm. right? All of these different things that 
if you have a specialized knowledge already and people are already asking you to do it, especially if they're asking you to do it for free already, maybe that's something, a string that you can, a thread that you can like pull at. And see if you can turn it into something. Right, exactly. Um, that is, that's just one idea. One of the next questions that I would think about is, would you rather have a lower dollar amount service and a high number of clients or would you rather have a higher dollar service and a lower number of clients Mm -hmm. okay in an ideal world you would like a high dollar service and a high amount of clients i get it but i'm just talking about like if your goal is to make a thousand dollars a week right Mm mm-hmm you have to kind of figure out how are you going to get to that thousand dollars a week. Yeah. Do you want to clean? Do you want to clean ten houses for a hundred dollars, or do you want to nanny two children for a thousand dollars? Right. Exactly. Like from one family. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what you have to. That's what you have to figure out. Which one? Which one would you rather do? And different services require different amount of time. Mm-hmm. So the good thing, uh, just to we can't answer that for you. But I'll just go over the kind of pros and cons of both real quick. And it's not an exhaustive list, but this is a good place to start. Mm -hmm. So if you have something, let's say changing oil, just because that's on my brain for some whatever reason, um, and you're charging $50 to change oil, right? You need, what is that? Math in public. This this is bad. This is bad. 20. And what did I just beat you at a math problem? Yeah. What? <clears throat> Glad we got this on camera. Yeah, that's good. And um, so you need twenty people a week in order to hit that thousand dollars, which is definitely doable. Definitely doable. Absolutely. But you have to figure out too. Okay, that is twenty people that you have to schedule with schedule with Mm -hmm. right 20 people that you have to okay either if you're doing a mobile thing you go there now you have to figure out driving time Mm -hmm. right never mind if you're doing a stationary and you have a shop now you have fixed expenses Mm -hmm. like you have rent of the place that you got to pay for right but that's out of the scope of what i'm talking about but it is mostly more clients the more scheduling needs to happen, the busier, quote unquote, you are. Mm -hmm. Whereas the good part of that is if one day you only have 19 clients, you've only made $50 less. It's not as big of an impact when you lose one. Right. Because I think a common misconception of people that have never had businesses is that like you get to be your own boss. Yeah. And that is okay. A lot of people kind of think that way. And I, okay, that's not inaccurate, but I think really you have all of the bosses. I think you have many, many, I have many, many more bosses as a business owner. Every client is in charge of you now. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so now you kind of just spread out your risk by having a lot more clients. Mm. Whereas if you were 
the babysitting. And if you're only babysitting for one family, one set of kids. And that family moves. And that, exactly. Now, now you're, you're unemployed. Right. <laughs> your business doesn't exist anymore. You lost your only client. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So these are just types of things to think about when planning on starting your own services business. Mm-hmm. How weighted are you going to be? to these clients and then how much risk do you want to mitigate by having less or more yeah no right answer no it's very individual right and only you can answer that question for yourself yeah um i will say to give you an idea of what we did we did the more we went for a higher dollar service with fewer clients Mm -hmm. and we're very glad that we did I don't think you and I are ever going to start a services business. Well, never say never. Yeah. Whenever we say never, we always end up doing it again. So, right. but I would say that we'd probably try to avoid it in the future just because we now have different interests that require more time. And so having a services business is a little bit too time consuming outside of those things. But if we started another services business, it would be high dollar, low client volume for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The reason, there's many reasons for that, but we'll just go over a few. One, you just need fewer yeses mm-hmm. in order to make a living. You, yes, does that mean that you are now concentrated at risk of those few people that are saying yes to you? So what I mean by that is say, in our business, a good month, six clients, What you know, Whatever. Yeah. It was making a number up. Okay. That's only six people that we have to schedule with for the month. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas if we were doing something that was, you know, a fraction of the cost, we would have to, you know, 10 exit. Yep. Right. Now we have to do 60 clients a month. And that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of people to schedule with. Especially with the service that we did. Mm-hmm. Because our service... Multiple points of contact. Multiple points of contact. It took hours to do. Mm-hmm. We ran a scalp micropigmentation and semi-permanent makeup studio. Um, it's a little out of the scope of this conversation. If anybody wants to know more, we can kind of talk about that in future episodes, how we grew that and how we um, scaled it to be so successful. You know, well, sorry, we delete, delete that thought. But how we built it and how we scaled it, you know, so that it was a minor success. Yeah. You're going to find when you're doing a business, a services business, is that you have to work on your business and you have to work in your business. Unfortunately, that's a super big cliche, and but it's a cliche for a reason. It's true, though. Right. And so when you're first starting out, it's probably just going to be you doing the service and also getting business. Mm -hmm. So if you choose a business that has higher margins, which means that the cost of every client is low and you're charging a lot, that margin, you know, that cost of versus price you're charging, that's the margin. So if you're choosing higher margin services, you don't have to get as many clients and you don't have to constantly be scheduling and 
trying to get more clients in the door. Because as a services business, with any business, but especially services businesses, you live and die by your phone ringing. Yep. And it's it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So you need you need that phone to keep ringing or emails to come in, whatever, chat, however however it is that you're acquiring customers, but you always need that to come keep coming in, keep coming in, new customers, returning customers always. And it becomes a lot to deal with after you've hit some sort of a success. It starts to get really Stressful. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot of work. A lot of the joy goes out of it. Yeah. yeah. Good problem to have. It is. And then th- now we're talking about hiring and everything like that, which is outside of the scope of this that's conversation. Whole, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Right. Um, but anyway, that's why we choose to kind of focus on higher margin, higher dollar and less and fewer clients. But there are so many ways to make money. There are plenty of people out there that make pennies on the dollar of profit margin but they service millions of people and they they are way more successful than we are mm-hmm. and so there's no right or wrong way to do it that's just how we would do it and how we have done it in the past so one of the next things i think you should do is you should be doing a little bit of competitor research at this point you should be looking at because it's a services business you're probably looking at being local somewhere unless you're going to be doing like um, online therapy or something like that or like some sort of like online coaching. Then it's a little bit different, but most likely you're going to be in one area and you're going to want to do competitor research for that area. Even if it is online, you're still going to want to do competitor research as well. And what I mean by that a lot of people are like, what is that? It's literally just Googling. Yeah, just look up people that do the same thing. Yes. And read a little bit. So if you're trying to be a mechanic or something like that, something that we can all understand, just look up mechanic, your area. Get an idea of their pricing, of, of, of what their business is doing, of how many reviews they have, all that kind of stuff. Exactly. You look up at their website, look at what they're doing good, look at what they're doing wrong. Um, a lot of times... If you want to go into in depth with it, if you're, you can give them a call. Yeah, you can. You can if you want. You can give them a call and you can be like, okay, you, you can pose as a customer if you wanted to. I, we've had people. We've never done that, but we've had people do it to us. We've had people do it to us. We've never done it. Yeah. But we've had people do it to us. No shame in the game. I, yeah. I, I don't feel I don't feel any kind of way about the people that did that. I don't really care that they did. No, it's fine. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it, but it's fine that they did. Totally. Yeah. And more power to them for doing it. Yeah, because they did better research than we did. Yeah, way better research than we did. We did very little when we first started out. That is true. So we didn't even take our own advice. Yeah. Well, what the next thing I was going to say is instead of acting like a customer, you could call and you could ask, talk to the boss and you could ask if they're nice, you could be like, Hey, look, I'm thinking about getting into this business. I'm thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about doing it. Do you have any tips that you would have liked to know for starting out? Yeah. And I will say too, that gets you a lot further ahead. I think in general, just being open handed about things too, like as the person receiving those calls or the person giving those calls, just ask, 
Yeah. It, it doesn't cost you anything. And if the person's kind, they're just going to kind of give you an overview and hopefully it's, it's a good one, you know? Not only that, but what I found, what we found... People want to help you. In our business is that at a certain point in our business, people were asking us that exact same thing. They were calling us. Some some of them did pose as customers and asking like, what kind of whatever, what kind of supplies and what kind of Getting equipment pricing. do you use? Yeah, what are your, what is your pricing? Although our pricing was always transparent on the on our website and everything, but there was also people that that reached out and asked like that did exactly what I just said, which is how do I start? I'm thinking about starting. How do I start? And when people asked us how to do it, even if it was in our own market, in our own area, we just tell them we would help them out. A lot of it has to do with at the point where we were established in our business, we weren't really concerned with a newcomer just starting out of nowhere. There's usually enough people to go around for not, things. Not only is there, is there, we always said, which we always said, we did always say that there's, there's enough people, enough clients to go around and make everybody enough money. But not only that, we had been entrepreneurs for years at that point, And we know what it takes in order to get to that level. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can definitely give you some pointers. It's not going to happen overnight. They got years of work ahead of them. Right. And if I can't beat you as a competitor three years from now. Then you should beat us. Then you should beat us. Then I shouldn't be. Capitalism, baby. Right. I shouldn't be (laughs) in business anymore. Yeah. If you can beat me three years from now. With uh, with me giving you a little shove out the door, you know, in order to get get you going, I shouldn't be in business anymore. And so we, I, I felt like we always help people. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think now that you say that, yeah, we did. Because if somebody called and asked questions about, hey, I'm going to try to do this, I would just say, oh, that's great. You totally should. And I would just give them an overview of whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And rewinding the clock back even more, that is exactly how we started. Yes, it is. It is. Somebody else took the time to sit us down and say, this is a really good industry. You absolutely should get into it. Here's how to do it. Exactly. And they did. And they took time out of their own day to say, hey, like I just did this. I'm super excited about getting into this industry. It's really, you know, there's a lot of money to be made here. Here's how you do it. Yep. And so nothing, they gained nothing from that. What, what happened going into the future? We ended up in the same market as this person, we ended up being more successful than this person. When we got to the point that we were so successful, we ended up having too much work. And who did we refer those people to? To the person who helped us in the beginning. Right. And that person made definitely thousands of dollars off of off of the leads that we sent their way for sure. Exactly. And so it's it's good. It creates a symbiotic relationship. And also in general, I think small business owners really do themselves favors by helping each other out because it creates a sense of community too, where there's just people that are willing to pitch in and help and, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? And they would send us people too. Definitely. Definitely. And so that's all to say doing the competitor research is definitely, I would say, necessary and it doesn't have to be completely exhaustive, but 
a quick Google search, a quick phone call, that's not going to hurt you, right? Especially if you're thinking about doing this for a living. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about, about choosing the service, we have a lot more to get through. Sorry, guys. This is kind of going to be a little bit of a longer one because I kind of want it to be almost everything that you need in order to kind of get started. And one of the last things amongst many other things is going to be what kind of tools, equipment, or space and supplies do you need in order to perform the service that you're thinking about doing, right? And so now we're starting to think about the cost of it, right? So before we were kind of worried about the profit side, right? We were talking about, okay, high dollar, low dollar, a lot of clients, fewer clients. Now we're starting to think about the cost of it. And so if you're thinking about changing oil, are you going to be doing that mobile like I was talking about before, or are you going to be opening a shop? Because those are two vastly different business models. Mm -hmm. While you might be saving more money if you do a mobile oil change where you just go to people's garages or go to people's driveways and do it in their driveway, while that might be cheaper in fixed cost because you're not paying for rent, you could be paying for it in time, Mm -hmm. in traveling time, if you're not pricing correctly. Whereas maybe doing a traveling thing, you can only get for a day because you have to travel half an hour between each people, each person. Yep. Whereas if you get a shop, you learn how to market your shop and everything. Now you can just have people roll up. Come to you. And now you can do for an hour. Mm-hmm. So your efficiency is going to go way up. Right. And you'll be making more money even though you're spending more money. Mm-hmm. There's no right answer here either. No. Right? And you may start out wanting to do mobile and then transition into a shop later. Exactly. There are plenty of businesses that require certifications as well that you're going to have to look into. So, you know, if you're thinking about a popular service right now is like the IV bags. Oh, yeah. Right? Like giving people vitamin C drips or vitamin B12 drips, whatever, whenever people are sick or hungover or whatever. That is going to need different licensure in different states and different counties because you're poking people with a needle. Yeah. Right? Whereas, honestly, there are some places that you need a license to cut hair. There are a lot of places that you, there are a lot of places. Actually, all, all states. Yeah, currently that you need a license to cut hair, which is which some is like ridiculous, some nonsense. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, that's I have some strong opinions on the on the licensure of of trades that don't need to be licensed at all. But you but you have to factor this in to picking the service, mm-hmm. right? This is part of the equipment or part of the tools and supplies that you're going to need. It is. And we want to make sure that you're doing everything above board. You want to make sure that you're doing everything legal because it just makes life easier. You don't want to be worried about breaking the law. You're going to have enough stress. Right. Yeah. So one of the things, assuming that you get all the licensure and everything like that, kind of want to give examples of a service that has a high margin, but high dollars to start. But every repeat client after that is, you know, um, all profit basically. 
So one of the things is like tattoo removal, laser tattoo removal. Yeah. Is assuming that you have all the right licensure and everything like that. Okay. Machine. So all you need is pretty much all you need is the machine and a medical space to work in. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you're going to need some supplies here and there, gloves and all that, but that's all negligible. Yeah. That's all pennies per client. Yeah. Your main cost is going to be your space and then your machine, which is a one-time cost. Right. And your machine, some of them, some of them go for a few hundred to up to like 30 grand. Yeah. There's a wide range there. Right. And, but as soon as that machine's paid off, every client after that is just, you're just paying with your time Mm -hmm. really. And there is some depreciation on the machine because it can only be used so many times, but that's negligible as well, yeah. assuming that you bought a good machine. Um, a good example of something that doesn't require a lot of setup at all is going to be like washing cars. No, you need a bucket and a sponge and a chamois and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, that's it. <laughs> and you know... You go, like I and said, you can go around, you go around, you can go to people's driveways yeah. and then eventually you can, if you make enough money, you can end up getting a physical location in a Walmart parking lot or something mm-hmm. like that. And then you can add a vacuum and start detailing too. Right. And it's like, that's not a lot of equipment. Yeah, for exactly. To make money. Right. Yeah. Um, so it really, it really depends there. You also have to remember that you need the expertise in this field. Right. So like you can't just buy a laser tattoo removal machine and then start start buzzing people. Yeah. I mean, you could. <laughs> Seems kind of risky. Yeah. But that doesn't make a lot of sense. And you, also, that's one of those things that in a lot of states you you need a specific license for. Right. You need a license and you need to be insured. So like I said, you need to have this know how mm-hmm. in the beginning. But let's say that you do. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you do have that know how. These are just examples. Yeah. Like you're a nurse already. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, tattoo artist or you know, whatever you've taken, you've taken, you've taken a testation, you've taken a few classes yeah. in order to do it, in order to learn how to do it. Sure. Um, I just wanted to give some examples for people kind of get the juices flowing. So one of the things I want to kind of circle back to is the competitor research. One of quickly, if you find that nobody is doing it in the area that you are thinking about doing that service, that could be a really great thing. Yes. Or a really bad thing. Or a really bad thing. And it's your job to figure out whether or not which one is good or bad. Yeah. So the, what we're talking about is if nobody's doing it in your area, that means you have no competition. Mm-hmm. If you see no competitors and you're trying to start something like really niche, like some art thing, like a color mine or a... A wine and canvas place. Yeah. Right. Like some sort of... Yoga and goats. Yeah. Something like that. If we're... And you're like, wow, wow, nobody's done this. Nobody's done this here. Nobody's doing it here. Yeah. That means you're going to have zero competition. Mm-hmm. And that means if somebody wants to do that in that area, they're going to go to you because they can't go anywhere else. Yes. Right. The flip side of that is you have to ask yourself, why is there no competition? Right. Because sometimes the answer is because there's no demand. Exactly. And that can be a timing thing too. If somebody was too early to a trend and then now it's more it's more popular, then you may have a better shot trying to get something up and running. But sometimes, yeah, that's either a really good sign or a really bad sign most of the time. Yep. 
And it's your job to discern which one. Yeah, take the gamble on whether or not you think you're right. Right. And so if... And all entrepreneurs think they're right. If there is no demand for it, you know, one of the best things that you could see is like on Google on like Google My Business, if you go to Google Maps and you search whatever thing in your area and it shows up that a company was there, but it's closed now, okay, that might give you some clues of like, why did it not work? If you can, go read the reviews. If you can read the reviews, if you can possibly call that place and see if you can get in touch with the previous owner, you know, you can look through Facebook or whatever and see if you can have a conversation about what happened. This is what's difficult about being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of decisions that you're going to have to make and you don't really have, you don't have complete information. And so the last thing that I want to talk about one before you completely think, okay, this is the service business that I'm going to start before you buy all the tools and you buy all the materials and everything like that. I think the last thing that you should do for most people is you should try to see if you can make a couple of sales through family, friends, Facebook posts, whatever. This won't work for all businesses. No. If you do something like how what you and I did, which is semi-permanent makeup or scalp micropigmentation. You sell it to people that actually want it. Yeah, you can only sell it to people that want it. Yeah. Or like laser tattoo removal, you know. They don't have tattoos, then why would they need it? Or if they don't want the tattoos removed. Right, then why would they want it? Right. Yeah. So, but if it's something like babysitting or meal prep services, meal prep services, oil change, mechanic, that type of thing, delivery service, tailoring, like if you're sewing somebody's hems for right. their pants or something, if it's something like that, where you can have people buy it, try to sell it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be for a lot of money. It doesn't have to even be for the right price yet. Just see if there's demand. One of the things that we learned, and I think every entrepreneur learns, is that a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, that's a good idea. I totally would buy that. You should do that. I would totally do. I would totally be your first customer. And we've had something like that multiple times. And we were like, oh, yeah, we offer that now. Like, you want to buy it from us? And they'd be like, oh, Uh, yeah, I don't uh, really need that right now or whatever. And that means they were never going to buy it from you. They were just being nice. Yeah. And so this is a simple way of gauging demand. Yep. Super rudimentary, right? Simple Facebook post. See if people will buy it. Yep. Asking, texting. See See if you can get some money for it. Family and friends. And if you can't, that might tell you something. Yep. If everybody, if everybody was like, yeah, you should totally do that. You should totally do an, I don't know, ice cream truck or a, yeah, to order sushi for catering or something like that. Vegan hot dogs, whatever. But then nobody wants them when it comes around yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are products, but those are also services too. So yeah. when a push comes to shove and they're not willing to buy it from you, maybe it's not a good idea to do. Yeah, because if you can't get the people closest to you to f- to fork out some money for it, then people who are not are probably not not going to do it. Yeah, assuming that that is a product or service that they would have 
bought anyway. Yeah. They yeah. and they should have bought it from you. I don't mean you you're asking them to buy something outlandish that they would never na- naturally buy, but if yeah. they're in the demographic of people that you think would purchase it and they're not interested in purchasing it, that that tells you something. Yeah. It could. Yeah. And it's your job to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then you have to assess. Yeah. A lot of this is all basically just guessing. Yeah, that's just really <laughs> There's a there's a funny Reddit post that just said, does anyone in uh it was a Reddit post in our entrepreneurs so, and somebody just said, is there anybody in here that actually knows what they're doing and the honest responses were just absolutely not. <laughs> like, you just do you're things. You're just making it up. Yeah, you just make it up. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, we just we just do things and then they work or they don't. Right. Exactly. And that is the truth of entrepreneurship is you are taking a machete and you are just chopping your way through the jungle and you hope that you don't accidentally run across a tiger or a pit or I don't know, an evil witch in a candy house. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So moving on, I know this is a long one. We have a couple of more things to get through. The next thing that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about choosing the business structure. Now, this is Yonsville over here. <laughs> this is like really boring stuff. What are you talking about? This Super dry. The tax code is so interesting. Yeah. But we have to talk about it because we had a lot of questions on it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know a lot. So we're just going to go over it quickly, as quickly as I can. Nice. I'm going to do it as quickly as possible. Go for it. So the way that you choose to structure your business is important because it it affects the way that you're going to get taxed. And we want to be lawful at all times. And so choosing the business structure and choosing the tax structure is super important. All right. Now, when I was first looking into how to start a business, when we first didn't know anything of how to start a business at all, I spent weeks on weeks of figuring out how to structure these businesses. I can verify this. And while I'm glad that I did it, I guess, it probably wasn't necessary. At the time, it was not. Yeah. We ended up using LegalZoom, which for people that don't know anything, and if you have six, $700 to throw at it, just use it. You know, it's a lot easier. Eventually, you're going to want to probably get a lawyer to look at whatever operating agreement that you come up with, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a partnership. Yeah. Which is for those that are listening, those that is two people or more in a business. Okay. That being said, you probably don't need to do that much research. There are a couple of good resources that I'll link in the show notes to griefreenetwork.com. Um, and that will help you understand this stuff at a super high level. And right now in your entrepreneurial journey, that's pretty much all you need to do. Yep. So the simplest thing that I will say, if it's just you starting the business, if it's a single person, that is always going to be the easiest. What you and I do is much harder. Because there's two people. Because there's two people. Yeah. Right. And you and I are equal partners in all the businesses that we have. Mm-hmm. So that is much more difficult to accomplish because you need an operating agreement um, you you have to say if you get taxed as a partnership, when tax time comes around, you need to send out K ones. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of other things 
Ryan does a lot of stuff. Oh, there's a whole bunch a of other things yeah. involved with it. And just disclaimer, everybody, this is not legal advice. This is not tax advice. Not legal advice. Yeah. This is just for informational purposes only. You know, do whatever is easiest and makes sense for you. And is legal. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that you're a single solo person starting a business. Now you have a couple of choices. The easiest is going to be just a sole proprietorship. A sole proprietorship is just basically I, Ryan Mariama, am going to start taking money to do whatever, to trim hedges. And okay, you can pay me, Ryan Mariama. I am now a sole proprietorship business, mm-hmm. right? I am because I say that I say that I am. That gives no separation between my personal assets and the business assets. And so, when tax time comes around as well, every all the money that I make is going to be taxed as ordinary income, and I have to pay self-employment taxes and all that mm-hmm. jazz. If you want to simply separate liability, say you're doing a tattoo removal and you need to get insurance for the tattoo removal and you not likely that things are going to go wrong, but if something does, you'd like to protect some of your personal assets, you would start an LLC, a limited liability company. And you would make sure to keep all of your business expenses separate from all your personal expenses Mm -hmm. right that's going to be the most that's going to be the simplest single member llc when tax time comes around it's still pretty simple to do you can also incorporate your business as well that is outside of the scope of this conversation yes because if you're incorporating your business we're we're assuming that you that you're you have revenue mm-hmm. that you've talked to lawyers that you're you're good to go yeah right because oh, that's a more complicated business structure and more expensive to right? obtain that we're not going we're not going to talk about Mm-mm. um okay if you do have two people or more you're gonna you're gonna probably want to start an LLC but this LLC. It will be a limited liability company, which will protect your personal assets as long as you keep them separate. But when tax time comes around, you're going to be taxed as a partnership. What that means is ask your tax preparer or anything like that is you're just, you're going to have to send people out these K-1s. You have to file a 1065. It's all a lot of boring. It's Yonsville, like I said. It's all boring stuff. But... Just know that you're going to need an operating agreement if there's more than two or three people. And that operating agreement can be simple. You can look up plenty of them online for free, mm-hmm. right? And just have the, the partners sign. My suggestion is when you get enough revenue, you have an actual lawyer look at it and put eyes on it's make worth, sure everything's good. It's worth a couple thousand dollars just to make sure that this is all this is all good and legal. Right. It all makes sense. For the LLCs, every state is different. You're gonna have to it's very easy, most of them. You just look up your state 
how to form an LLC. And almost always you'll get pulled to a state site and you can check whether or not the business name that you want is already in use. You usually, if it's not, you file some paperwork and you pay them a fee. And now you have Acme LLC, you know, in whatever state that you're at. Mm -hmm. And then when you need a, employer identification number you can just go to the federal site and look it up ein i'll I'll link some stuff in the show notes as well for everybody for all this stuff and you can easily get an employer identification number you don't really need legal legal zoom or another service like that to do it for you but it's nice if you have the money to kind of just pay Especially if it's your first time. Yeah, they just send everything to you in a nice little folder. Yeah. It's real easy. It's it's easy. It's worth it, in my opinion. I think for the first time, you know, we don't use them anymore, right? I wouldn't use them now because I know what I know what I'm doing. But at the beginning, but at the beginning, so easy. It, it was, was so much easier, yeah. right? And could I have saved? Could we have saved a couple of hundred bucks to do it ourselves? Definitely, 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 definitely. But. With everything else that you have going on, with having to market the business and with having to learn how to do the service itself, you know, you kind of have better things to do. So this was just kind of a short overview of different business structures. If you are a single person, sole proprietorship or single member LLC is the way to go. For sure. Yeah. It's just the easiest. Okay. Now we get into the meat and potatoes of it. We are going to talk. The last thing that I want to talk about with you is once you have your service picked out, once you have the business structure set up, now it is time to make money. Yes. And this is the most important part of it that you are going to have to continue forever. (laughs) Yes, forever. As long as you keep the business. As long as you keep the business, yeah, you got to market. You do. You got to market and get people to continue to pay you for your service. Yep. One of the things I erroneously thought, I think we both did, I know me personally, I definitely did, was we just thought like if we built the business, they would come. We thought it was Field of Dreams. Yeah. No, we both thought that. We but, were also idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I built my first website, this similar but different like i built my first e-commerce site and it was like nice i thought it was nice and everything it was pretty nice and i was like oh we had a few products up there and then we like a few days went by we never got any sales where are the people like oh like i built it what the heck because that's not how the internet works it's just not how anything works (laughs) it's not it's yeah it's how no businesses work right and so one of the things was i thought just if i had built something successfully then it would make it successful which I realize is silly now. That's <laughs> dumb. That's, uh, yeah, that's dumb now. I realize that, but I was dumb then, and I'm still dumb now. But less dumb. Less dumb for sure. Yeah. And one of the things is, you've got to consistently tell people what it is that you do. Yep. Because people don't have time to remember what you do. You got to remind them. 
people have a lot of things going on in their lives. And um, if if they are interested in buying your product and service, you have to consistently remind them it exists in order to get get them to buy from you. Yeah, it's one of the ongoing processes. Some th- some businesses are easier than others, but every business you have to learn how to market. Right, you have to learn. Not just talking about advertising, not necessarily paid advertising. Um, but just being able to market in general, there's so many different facets and aspects of marketing, right? There's SEO, we're talking about businesses. So that's search engine optimization for those people are listening. And search engine optimization is like getting your your website or your application at the top of Google. So when somebody says tree trimmer, tree trimmer, you pop up. Yeah your state, your city, you pop up and you're number one. And so there's also local search engine optimization, which is that. There, there's content marketing, social media marketing. There's advertising, mm-hmm. right? And in the world of advertising, there's print ads, there's radio ads, there's TV spot ads, there's online podcast ads. ads, there's online ads. Google ads, mm-hmm. Facebook ads. So many. So many Yelp ads. Yes. Right? So many. Right? I know we hate Yelp. Yeah. But <laughs> Everyone if, hates if Yelp. If anybody that works for Yelp that's listening. We don't hate you. We don't hate you. We just hate Yelp. Yeah, we hate Yelp. It's okay. We actually have a good friend that works for Yelp. And we like her a lot. And we like her a lot. We just don't like Yelp. And she's so nice. She is so nice. They don't I, deserve her. Yeah. <laughs> anyway that's we'll, it. we'll go into a story time. for another most time. small most small brick and mortar business owners hate yelp if you take this advice and you end up and you end up opening a services business don't put yourself on yelp you will experience the reason why we do not like yelp yeah you'll see you will see you'll see unless you're a restaurant in which i think you got to still. a lot of people still still probably gotta, need gotta do e- it need yelp gotta do it yeah yeah it's a necessary evil so far it's very evil yeah and but yeah, there, there's like Google My Business optimization. There's so much to learn mm-hmm. in marketing, but the basics is how do I tell people that this is what I do, and that you can come to me for this service, mm-hmm. right? That's the basics of it. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to get there. What I was saying is some services are easier than others. All I meant was that some services don't require a lot of customer education. Right. So a good example is somebody cutting grass. You don't really need to educate the client. About the benefits of having their grass cut because everybody knows what the benefits is and it's having your grass cut. Exactly. Maybe you're, maybe it's your job to now tell them why they should go with you. Maybe teach maybe, them about additional landscaping. Exactly. Maybe teach them about additional landscaping or maybe the benefits of cutting the specific type of grass that they have in that specific area. Right. Maybe they didn't know that. Whereas we'll just use our example. We did a service called scalp micropigmentation. I'm not expecting anybody the listening to this to know what that is to know what that is the reason why i'm not expecting anybody to know what that is is because nobody knew what that was when we first started mm-hmm. and so it is real quick it is a 
alternative. It's an alternative for people experiencing hair loss. Mm -hmm. And it was our job to educate people that scalp micropigmentation was a viable option for not stopping their hair loss, but dealing with hair loss in a different way. Mm -hmm. That sounds super complicated because it is. Yeah. You know, we had to educate our customers about everything about it. That's what it is. Oh, wait, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And here are the benefits that it will give you. Here's the cost and everything like that. And so that's what I mean by some services are easier and some services are harder. Mm -hmm. So this is an ongoing thing that you're going to need. But I know when we first started, we could have used at least a little bit of a checklist of what we should do, right? And so real quick, a few things, make a website, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's so many different providers of websites out there now that there's no excuse, right? Even if you don't know how to code, you don't need to know how to code. Get a website builder. Use a website builder. You can use Squarespace. Wix. You can use Wix. You can use Mm WordPress.com, right? You can use WordPress.org if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, Not super difficult. That's the way that I learned how to build websites. If you're a little bit technical, if you have a brother or sister, husband, wife, that's technical and they want to learn how to do it, you know, you can spin up a website and it doesn't have to be fancy, Mm -mm. right? Just needs to exist. It just needs to exist to tell people what it is that you do, where you are and how to contact you, Mm -hmm. right? So have your phone number on there have a little form that they can fill out so that they can send you an email and you can email them back Mm -hmm. and just put your address of where you do business. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're mobile, then you don't applicable. Right. If applicable. And if you're mobile, then you don't need that. Mm -hmm. Right. But just let them know what area if you're in, you know, whatever, you know, whatever town, then put that on there. Right. If you service the surrounding areas, the three surrounding towns, then put that somewhere on your website. Mm-hmm. It's be super simple. One page is fine. Yep. More pages eventually, probably better. Mm-hmm. But one page for now is fine. Get a phone number. Yep. Right. There are so many different providers of voice over internet protocol yep. um, numbers now. You can just get apps on your phone. We use Open Phone, but there's like that's just an app. Yep. You can use burner number some people use whatsapp second line yeah yeah whatsapp whatever put that number on your website and now you know that when that thing rings it's someone calling about your business it's somebody calling about your business yeah but be you, prepared for a lot of spam calls also <laughs> yeah but now you know that that's a business phone call i need to answer that mm-hmm. or i answer it by saying hi this is ryan's tree trimming service mm-hmm. right instead of saying what do you want? Yeah. You know, I thought Ryan answers his phone. Yeah. No, our business improved a lot when Ryan stopped answering the phone like that. Yeah. He's like, why are you calling? <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, dedicated telephone number. If you have an address, you know, uh, getting an address, one of the most, I would really advise against putting your home address there. Just I wouldn't saying. put your home address. One of the things that you can do for very cheap, a lot of places, won't accept post office boxes 
as their physical addresses. But if you go to like a UPS store or a FedEx or something and you get a private mailbox, a lot of places will accept that. Accept that. Mm-hmm. They just won't accept post office boxes by the United States Postal Service. Mm-hmm. So for, I don't know, a hundred bucks a year, whatever it is that they're charging. You keep a private mailbox that will kind of, you can use as your business address. Exactly. And it just looks a lot more professional and you can apply to a lot more things. And when I see things, I'm not really sure exactly what I mean right now, but you will see when you become an entrepreneur, you're going to have to put your address in for everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your personal, at least we didn't want yeah, our, our home address attached everywhere. Yeah. Right. And so private mailboxes is definitely something to do. If you're looking at doing a local business, like you're going to have a tire shop or something like that, or like how we had a studio, Mm -hmm. you're going to want to look up what Google my business is. Mm -hmm. And you're going to want to open your business at your address. They're going to send you postcard, a postcard snail mail in the mail. And you're going to have to put in the, it's like two factor authentication, but Mm -hmm. snail mail. And you're going to have to put in, make sure you're a real business. Right. You're going to have to put in the code on the GMB app or whatever, and it'll say, okay. And then now you just put in what hours you're open, what you do and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And just look up GMB optimization. But those are definitely the first few things that I would think about doing. Yep. Right. There's so much more to learn that if there's interest, if we get interest on this, we can talk more about and mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a different episode, but that's going to be the basics of it right now. For marketing, when we were first starting out, we kind of just did whatever. Yep. We just did, it was a lot of social media marketing. That wasn't Free. really effective. No. We started to get a lot more effective when we started to take it, our marketing serious. We, for our business, we depended a lot on content marketing. So doing pretty much exactly what we're doing right now, which is we sat in front of cameras and microphones. And answered questions. And we answered questions. Right. That's not going to work for everybody. No. That being said, it is a perfect way to start. And it's super low cost. You can start by using your phone Mm -hmm. and a cheap $10 mic on Amazon. It works. People respond to video. Exactly. Yep. The last thing that I wanted to say about marketing your business is there's a ton of resources out there. A ton. And I will say one thing that we did do at the beginning was we read a lot of stuff. Yes. We did read a lot. And so, you know, there are a lot of books that we read and we'll we'll have a list in the show notes with links to all of it. But, you know, kind of off the top of our head, um, 22... Immutable Laws of Marketing. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Al, what is it? Jack Trout, Al Rise. Al, yeah, Al Reese or Al Rise. Yeah. yeah. Jack Trout. There's um, also Zero to One by Peter Thiel is, was a huge... Dude, uh, that book is great. Yep. That's a really good book. That's one of my favorite books. Um, Permission Marketing by Seth Godin. Seth Godin also writes a daily blog. Also, we can link it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Super uh, smart guy. Yeah. 
There's the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Honestly, that book was our Bible at the beginning. You guys should see how torn up that copy is. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's a really good. It's been book. through the ringer at our not house. Just about marketing, but just about entrepreneurship in general, or maybe not even if you're an entrepreneur, but just trying to work smarter and run harder. In, yeah, running your life pretty much. Um, positioning by the same guys, Al Reese or Al Rise or whatever. And Jack Trout. And Jack Trout. Yeah, there's just a whole bunch. And we'll, 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 we'll list a more extensive list below. One of the books that was interesting that I didn't think was really a marketing book, um, but that you made me read was Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Mm-hmm. That was a, that's an interesting book as far as trying to get people to do something that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I don't agree with a lot of what Solinsky says or stands for, but that's not really what we're talking about here. Yeah. He's a smart dude. He knew, knew what he was doing. Right. He knew how can, to say, Hey, look at that thing and then get people to look at it. Right. You can, we can separate, you know, his tactics. The man from, from the philosophy. Yeah. From his message. Right. But anyway, that's just a, uh, there's a lot to learn and there's going to become a point. I want to say, I hope that everyone listening to this gets to this point, but there's going to be getting, there's going to be a point where you not only have to market your business, but you have to do the service as well. And you're going to come to a decision point at that time. And I hope everybody, I hope everybody gets there and it's, you can only do so much. Yeah. Right. You need help at a certain point. And so you, that means you have to hire. Mm-hmm. So, if marketing is not is ninety nine percent of the business, and then doing the service is ninety nine percent of the business, that means that you're doing approximately a hundred and ninety eight percent of your business. Yeah, you're doing a crap load. Yeah, you know, and so you have to. Eventually, you are going to want to outsource one or both of those things, mm-hmm. right? And it can go either way, yep. or you can outsource half and half of each mm-hmm. right you can hire somebody to do the marketing for you and the administrative work and everything else or you can hire somebody to do the service mm-hmm. as well that's a little bit outside of the scope of this but just remember that if you market successfully that is going to be the next problem yeah right and then you're still going to have the problem of continue to market and continue to market and continue to market correct yeah but yeah, I think that that was pretty much it. I know that this is a super long one. Um, Good one, though. Yeah, this is one that we've been kind of putting off because there's so much information. And I think that if people want to hear about more of what we did in order to grow our business or how to grow businesses or whatever, we're probably going to be talking about that more in other episodes. I think so. Um, drop us a line, contact at degreefreenetwork.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and do not forget to sign up for the newsletter. There's cool stuff in there and you want to read it, I promise. Yeah, definitely. We send out a weekly newsletter. Um, short, it's quick. Short, sweet. Yeah. And uh, you don't want to miss it. Yeah. So yeah, you can sign up at uh, degreefreenetwork.com for that as well. But yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, Spread the word. Yeah. Share this podcast with friends and family if you can. Just helps to get the word out there. Uh, But until next time, guys, aloha.